welcome to the Farm Beats podcast. Farm Beats is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture Team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Beats podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, Farm Bits followers, and welcome to another episode of the Farm Bits podcast. I'm Katie Bathke. And I'm Jose Cesario. We are glad to have you with us as we are joined by Water and Integrated Cropping Systems Extension Educator, Luan Pereira de Oliveira. Through the On-Farm Research Network, Luan works with producers to educate the implementation and benefits of digital agriculture technologies. With that in mind, let's hear more from Luan. Thank you very much, Luan Oliveira, for being here with us today. It's a pleasure to have you as a guest in our Farm Beats podcast. Uh, the first question that we want to start here is first to share a little bit about your education and your professional background as well as what are you up to do today in the on-farm extension in Nebraska? Okay. Oh, first of all, thanks for having me, uh, Katie and Jose. So uh, I'm an agronomist engineer. So I, this is my undergrad, this is my, my major. And I worked with extension since my undergraduate, since, since there. So I, work, I had my first contact with extension there. And when I went to the graduate degree, like master's and, and PhD, I had the opportunity to work with machinery and precision agriculture. So my, my professional background is, is basically that, like precision ag and, and ag machinery. Uh, and this is more like testing agricultural me mechanized operations, the quality of that operations. But I have to say that I have a, uh, I did a little bit of everything <laughs> during my career, during my undergrad. I worked with, I worked with uh, a professor on soil health, uh, and then I went to this extension project that we were working. I'm gonna explain more about it. So, and right now today, I'm an extension educator, uh, and I work for the University of Nebraska Lincoln Extension System. And I cover three counties in the northeast, uh, northeastern Nebraska, uh, which is Burke, Thurston, and Dakota counties. Okay. Yeah, I guess leading into that, you can kind of go a little bit more into the question for um, for those of you who may not be familiar with the extension system. What is your job as an extension educator and more specifically as a water and integrated cropping systems extension lead educator? The mission of Nebraska Extension is to engage with Nebraskans and bring valuable information about several and diverse topics. So my job as an extension educator is to be the front line of, of, that, uh, of that several and diverse topics. So it's to connect with local farmers and, and bring that information when they need it, okay? So the information is provided by uh, extension researchers, like professors, uh, extension specialists, and from the on-farm trial, on trials. So, and these on-farm trials, me as an extension educators and other educators, we perform these trials at farmer's fields. 
So this is basically uh, what we do as, a, as an extension educator. And the lead educator piece is, uh, it's, is a little bit more complex to explain. So okay. I'm going to try to summarize here. As, as the lead educator, I'm responsible for being the local point of contact for UNL uh, and the county. So I'm responsible for, for the office by itself. So today we have a great staff composed by, uh, by me, by a 4 age assistant and an office manager. And I, I provide the assistance for their needs, like uh, anything related to uh, career or university-wise. So budget and this kind of things, it, it's about a, a, the lead uh, unit educator. So uh, it's more uh, it, the lead educator piece is more is most complex because it in, involves like more people, and it is something that I'm still learning even after almost a year <laughs> working here for Nebraska Extension. Okay. Oh, that's great. That's exciting, Luan. And since you mentioned all these roles that you guys uh, have in the Extension on farm from Nebraska. What aspect of the working do you enjoy the most? Yeah, uh, as this is what uh, I was saving from before about the uh, my 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 previous uh, job with extension during my undergraduate degree. So I did a little bit of everything, and I have to say a short story like for that. When I was in Brazil during my uh, undergraduate degree. I had the opportunity to work with an extension project. So that was bringing horticultural gardens to schools. Okay. So, uh, and and the, the main outcome with that was to uh, increase awareness and knowledge from the kids, from kids between uh, four to 10 years old about the benefits of healthy eating habits and uh, about uh, environmental safety. So uh, we we were like bringing these uh, uh, gardens to these schools, and then we were uh, teaching the kids how to plant, how to water it, and in the meantime, like we were teaching them the importance of the of the uh, fruits, of the vegetables, and everything. And everything was made. I'm sorry, was made by uh, the kitchen gardens. They were made by. Uh, plastic recycled plastic bottles so mm -hmm. with that we were uh kind of teaching them the importance of recycling and 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 saving the environment mm -hmm. and at the end of each semester we 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 kind of uh we were giving surveys at the beginning and and at the end and then at the end of the semester every semester we were surprised like from the feedback from the teachers from the parents and from the kids, from the kids. So, um, and it was a, it was a, an amazing experience because uh, uh, I realized that the job that the university extension makes makes a difference on people's life. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the part that I enjoy the most. So so here's the same. So I think that the most important aspect is is about connecting with people. And, and knowing their their stories and being able to help those who need when they need. So, and and the, the best part of that is that you're still getting paid for that, you know? 
Yeah, so, sure. it's the perfect job. Yeah, I love that. I think you summed that up in like a really unique and interesting way that we haven't quite heard about yet. Yeah. Um, so can you go ahead and explain to us a little bit more about the region that you cover as an extension educator, kind of more in terms of what kind of crops, um, precipitation and soil do you mostly work with? Okay, uh, the main crops produced uh, at my colonies uh, that I cover are corn and soybeans rotated <laughs> every year. But uh, we have a lot of livestock too. So uh, a lot of cattle calves. Uh, and we do have, and uh, farmers are starting doing some clover crops. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. As far as precipitation, if I look to, to the three counties I clover together, they are very close to, to, to each other and they border with the Missouri River. So with Iowa, uh, the, the precipitation is always above like 20, 25 inches. And a year, uh, and, and I look at for some historic history data and it goes above 35 inches in some years. So let's say if we are in average 27 and a half. So that, that would be it. So, and, and, and they, they look like, uh each other like in terms of precipitation but there are uh, uh, the next question is about soil right yes that's a hard one so <laughs> um always when we talk about soil it's it's very hard because they are variable right uh, uh very variable mm -hmm. so when i first started uh on this job nine months ago i was looking at the survey and I have some numbers here in my mind. So uh, there are a total of 86 different soil types in Burt County, which is which oh. is the county that I'm based in. <laughs> wow. Yeah, according to the uh, USDA soil survey. So, uh, but this is when considering slope, percentage, uh, erosion, fluted and non-fluted land. By considering the soil type by the texture only, there is a total of 40 soils. And from that total, like almost 50% is represented by only five. So uh, as we border with the Missouri River, there is a, a soil there that is uh, called Moody City uh, Silty Clay Loam, which uh, the local farmers, the local community, they call uh, gumbo. <laughs> as, as it's very silty and it's very sticky. So uh, very challenging to farm, but they still do it. They do very well there. And uh, it's, it's, it's very much it. Like if we look only the texture, like we have like clay loam, it's pretty much 50%. And uh, silty loam, 16%. And the other 30% are silt loam. So all of them have some silty in because of the uh, bottom river land. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it about soil. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's pretty interesting one. And since you mentioned about all this variability that we have uh, from soils, it, it seems like a good, really good place to apply some of the technology that we have in Precision yeah, Lab. Exactly. Because it works sometimes to make these recommendations based on these different soils, right? Yeah. And Based on that, uh, I would like to ask switch gears a little bit more towards 
your spe uh, specializations that we have in your profile, such as planting, uh, planting data science, precision ag, drones, GIS. Can you expand a little more about this technology and how is this being used for helping farmers? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So uh, on the planting side, so it, it is, I actually, I just left the meeting. Uh, I was at the Eastern Nebraska Research and Extension Center where we were discussing with the NRDs, uh, some ideas, like kind of brainstorming. And uh, the planting side is about quality of planting. So uh, it's about planter adjustments for better planting performance. So uh, base, basically my plan is to provide information about best planting practices and hopefully increase the knowledge and awareness about the importance of keeping your planter uh, well maintained. So the, the seeds are placed at the right place and uh, they can emerge, they can germinate and emerge better. And data science is, is something simple actually, right? People say, oh, data science. <laughs> so uh, it should transform the data that, that is coming from an equipment or machine and, and transform it into information. Because when you have that data, that you don't do anything with that. So just transforming that data into information, something tangible uh, that the farmers can use for uh, improve yield and profitability. So I do some work with that. Uh, it's not that deep, like with machine learning or artificial intelligence, but I do some statistics that help farmers uh, on the decision-making process. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, uh, and the next one is about precision agriculture, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes uh, when when someone uh, talk about uh, precision uh, agriculture and someone hears that, their brain kind of freezes, like, come on, what is that? <laughs> but uh, my job is to change that, explaining that uh, precision agriculture is no more than a management tool that helps us to manage field variability, right? Mm -hmm. This is what uh, Jose just uh, talked about, that we have a lot of different soils, so we can uh, treat that soils differently and then apply uh, the right inputs for each portion of the field instead using a flat amount of that input. So this is about that uh, precision agriculture keyword. And then drones. So those are my favorite toys right now. Uh, Every day I learn something new about the drones and, and how they are being used for making the agriculture better. And I'm pretty sure that you both too. I use my, my drones basically for crop scouting back okay. there in my counties. Actually, I'm partnering with another educator. So I go there in their counties and, and fly the drones through. So uh, I have this friend, which is an extension educator too in Alabama. So he is using it for performing uh, crop stand counts for farmers. Oh. So, uh, and these stand counts, they are helping them on replanting decisions or even uh, production estimations. Mm -hmm. So I did some corn stand counts here in Nebraska now, and 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 uh, and I did some at Plath County with Bruno Lina, the extension educator there, and and they look amazing. I mean, you can count the plants, you can fly the drone, and then you can, the drone is going to take the pictures, 
and the software is going to process that images and then you can count the plants. So you have the number of plants that you have in a determined area. Okay. So um, for middle season, you, you, can, you can do some vegetation indexes with the drones. So you can create maps and you see if our, your plants, they are uh, affected by any type of uh, uh, disease or uh, insects or even nutrition deficiency. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nutrition deficiency. So uh, can I go yeah. back? So yeah, so uh, uh, if, if you zoom it, you can see the plant by plant using that software that I just mentioned with mm -hmm. the stamp count and, uh, and it works great. So in the middle season, you can perform vegetation indexes. Uh, many people know about NDVI, NDRE. So uh, you you can look at some affected spots uh, on on your on your uh, field by nutrient deficiencies or if they are affected by weeds or or insects. Okay, and the software that we are using right now. That software even allows us to do tassel counting with corns. So uh, when the corn is in reproductive stage, we can fly the drone again and count the tassels. And then we see actually how many plants I have on my field. And even uh, this software, it's amazing how technology is today because this software even allow you to, to create weed pressure maps. So we can, uh, you can... Uh, uh fly the drone see where exactly where you have more weed pressure and do spot application okay. so <laughs> the gis piece uh after the drones like uh i actually have one more information here that about drones that is amazing how technology is increasing so today there are uh commercial drones that can apply that can that can fly that can uh cover 40 acres in an hour so it's very big drones that can carry wow. 30 liters, which would be more, more or less uh, nine uh, nine gallons. Mm -hmm. So they can cover uh, up, up to 40 acres in an hour. And the GIS piece goes uh, with the data science, but is more for creating or working uh, with the existing maps for the decision-making process. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. It sounds like you have kind of an extensive background in a lot of different aspects, especially as you um, progress through the growing season. So I think that was really beneficial. Um, kind of tacking in on some of that is what's something that you personally look forward to for the future of digital and precision agriculture technologies? Okay. Uh, my my advisor uh, from Brazil, uh, his name is Dr. Roverson. And every we 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 work with quality of uh, different uh, mechanized uh, operations. Mm -hmm. So we work with something very specific that is called statistical control of process, and they basically like look like ECGs. It's like a control chart, like a graph that looks like an electric electrocardiogram. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Every time that I ask him, hey, what is the future of this? And then he said, a real-time decision-making. Like, for example, is the, like, so this is uh, what, I, what I see for the future, real-time communication, decision-making, and autonomous machines. Wow. So uh, I know 
I know it's too much to think about. And I've read something this week that made me think. So someone said, if we go back 25 years on time and think about tractors, tractors that drive themselves or drone, drones flying around and measuring crops health or counting plants, would you believe that? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is basically that technology is increasing every day. Every single day we see something new on the market. So that autonomous decision-making is starting to be commercial. So there's a technology name is MarkDepth that I'm pretty sure you, uh, uh, me and Jose, we were talking about a presentation that a friend of mine gave at the ASA last year. And on that presentation, we worked with that technology. It's called, it's called SmartDap. During planting, the SmartDap communicates with a smart firmer. So, okay, a smart firmer is a soil temperature, uh, moisture, and organic matter sensor. So the planter adjusts the depth automatically according to the soil moisture. You know, uh, it's, 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 a, it's an autonomous decision and it's uh, real-time decision-making. So that's already on the market. But now uh, think about a drone that goes every day to the field autonomously and identifies some weeds. And in the tank, it has different herbicides. So it apply and it terminate that weed right away. So you don't need to be concerned. So that, that is autonomous decision-making and real-time thinking. So this is where I think that uh, it, it is coming from the future. And this is what I look forward in the future to happen. That's amazing. Well, I agree with you. I don't think we are that far from this. No, no we are not. Yeah, we are not that far. <laughs> we see the, uh, we see the uh, I see your shirt uh, that is a digital agriculture, uh, Katie. It's, yes. So uh, Joe, look, he had the uh, he has the the sense project with yeah. Lila and yeah. and the yeah. mm -hmm. So uh, that's, that's the project that's... that I actually. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so so see that project sense is amazing. Yeah, it is. So it's autonomous. So, yeah. Uh, we have it's, it's real time decision making uh, and it's real time application yeah. of nitrogen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, thanks for sharing that. And since you talked about these technologies. I would like to ask about how the growers are seeing that. Are they interested on trying new things? Yes, yes. I think that all of the farmers today, they have some kind of technologies. And there are some that already use drones for crop scouting. Uh, there are others that use variable rate, a nutrient application. And the it's not it's not like real time as, as the project sense but their uh variable rate nutrient application is based on the uh soil uh, analysis and others has the most recent uh released planter systems so other has a, a great combine so they have a very good let's say uh willingness to try different technologies and uh they do very well here with their planters with their combines okay thank you thank you for sharing that with us i guess um kind of from your perspective 
do you, uh, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, so I'm gonna kind of tie um, these next two questions together of how we can see this one being implemented on growers operations and then kind of what some of your work is in the on-farm research network with kind of doing that with the farmers as well. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so I just started with my on-farm trials and, and I'm looking forward with the results. So, and, and, and then looking forward to, to share the results with the farmers. Okay. So, and, and also excited to exchange, exchange the knowledge with my uh, water and integrated cropping systems hubs, uh, hubs colleagues. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that like research like this being implemented or uh, implemented on, on grower operations is, is, is everything about uh, my first uh, uh, answer that is about, I think it was my second answer about testing uh, in this, like in my background, testing the quality of the operation and seeing the impacts of that operation on crop, on, on, on crop. Uh, uh, I measure the emergence, I measure the growth, I, I, I fly the drone, I see the vegetation indexes and see if, if that planting operation uh, for example, gave uh, any impact, made any impact on, on the crop. Oh, that's great. Uh, so, and would you mind also talking a little bit about some of the precision ag work you've been doing in Alabama because we checked your CV and see that you were working in Alabama before coming to Nebraska? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, in Alabama, I worked with the precision agriculture team from Auburn University. And the team is leaded by Dr. Brenda Ortiz. Uh, and there I'll work it more uh, on the precision planting technologies evaluation. So it's about that smart depth that I that I mentioned before. There is a hydraulic downforce system that I tested. Uh, but Dr. Ortiz's uh, team also works with other areas as like uh, using different soil probes or so moisture sensors for uh, variable rate irrigation scheduling. So I work it a little bit uh, with that too. And the assessment of peanut maturity using drones. So it's a very, uh, very good group too. It's a very uh, hardworking group and work with a lot of different technologies that are on the market today. And with my work, I was testing different loads of the hydraulic downforce uh, system on corn, cotton, and soybean crops. And uh, and uh, soybeans and also peanuts. Yes, uh, soybeans I did in Brazil, exact, actually. In Alabama, I did corn, cotton, and, and peanuts. Yes. And I work it also with that smart depth technology that I mentioned before. And that's pretty much it. Okay, thank you. Um, I guess our next question will be, since you're from Brazil, how do you see the differences between the extension from US and Brazil in terms of technology adoption? Yeah, yes, I do. Uh, I see that the technologies are more accessible here uh, than in Brazil, and, and Jose can, can uh, agree with me with that mainly for small farmers. I mean, if you are a big farmer in Brazil, you, you have more access to technology because you farm more and then you have more profits. But for small farmers, uh, 
I do see more technology being available on for uh, here in US than in Brazil. So that increases the adoptions, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing I can think about to point out is the university's extension. Uh, here in US, the extension is bigger. So the information given by the universities can lead to a behavioral change, which is the technology adoption. Yeah, no, that's, I, I agree with you, Luan. I see that in Brazil, sometimes we don't have this uh, connection between universities and the extension. Yes. So that's something that we miss that, that's yeah. there. Mm -hmm. That's really great here in US. That yeah. would be great to do in Brazil. Yeah. Maybe uh -huh. someday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If we come back, right? Yeah. And then where can our listeners go to learn more if interested or more questions arise about anything we talked about today? Okay, uh, UNL Cropwatch website has a very good information about everything that I mentioned today. And uh, I, together with uh, Nate Dorsey, the extension educator in Dodge County, and Bruno Lina, the extension educator in Platt County. So uh, we are working together in a platform uh, named Smart Machinery. Actually, it's, it's a program named Smart Machinery. And, and then we had this uh, blog, which is a website. Uh, and it is already online. We don't have a lot of posts there because it's, it's, it's a new thing. So if you want access uh, smartmachinery.farm, uh, you're going to get to this daily blog where we can, we're going to post daily or weekly. And then... Uh, we're going to post about uh, technologies, precision agriculture, and results from ours and, and, and others' uh, research. And we are uh, actually working on the possibility of bringing some trainings through. So um, one, one thing that we are working with is to bring a FAA Part 107 training, which is the uh, drone, uh, commercial drone license for, for pilots. So we want to to create this, this course for people who want to take the training. And then we are going to offer uh, through the Smart Machinery program. That's exciting. I would like to yeah. do that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. And because our focus here today, I mean, like for this season is the Nebraska Extension. I want to hear from you. What do you think that makes Nebraska Extension different? What sets it apart from extension programs in other states? I don't think I have an answer for uh, an answer for that. I, 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 I'm still learning about like UNL extension, mm -hmm. and as more as I learn, uh, as more I get wondered uh, on how big UNL extension is. I got, I, I, I got amazed. You know, like we have 93 counties in, in Nebraska. UNL has an office and an agent could be from uh, AG or for age or beef systems on each one of those offices. So a Nebraska extension is, is huge. So I don't have a comparison. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think. What, I, what I think is that all, all, all the extension programs have the same mission in mind, which is to make the uh, world a better place on several and, and diverse areas. And in their respective states and, and cultures, right? <laughs> right. I agree. <laughs> yes. So I guess our last question for you today is, 
Do you have any advice or words of wisdom for producers in any location that might want to get involved in the extension systems, whether that be in Nebraska or in other states? Thanks for your willingness on working with us and we are here for you. So that's amazing. Thank you. Yes, very much. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much to Luan for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Bits podcast. It's really exciting to hear his perspective and knowledge focused around how to use digital technologies within cropping systems. One of my favorite parts of this episode is the diversity of where digital technologies can be applied to agriculture today. I would have to agree with you, Katie, but my favorite part is when Luan talks about the use of real-time decision-making for either planting depth or nutrient application based on soil variability. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and we look forward to sharing another digital ag story with you next week. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Beats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback, so if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Beats.